This is an ABC podcast. Oh, hey, just finishing off my last 100 metres at the gym. Nothing like running on a treadmill at the gym. I love watching the TV here, especially if I'm on it. It's never too hot or too cold. Clean towels, chilled water. Love this place. Can't put a price on your health, can you? I mean, well, well, you can, but it's pretty steep. Oh, oh my God, 350 metres. That's a personal best. And warm down. Breathe out. I'm Nazim Hussain, and this is Frugal by The Pineapple Project. Let me catch my breath. This series, we're making you rich, or at least a little bit richer. We're going to do that by safeguarding you against all the ways the world conspires to take your cash so that you can save some of it for the things that you really actually value in life. Staying active and healthy can give your wallet quite the workout. I mean, there's gym memberships, Zumba class fees, new activewear, the smartwatch that tracks all your exercise and sleep and stress levels. Then there's the new runners you got to buy, fancy supplements, home equipment, pool sessions. And then if you get injured, the physio doesn't come cheap. Then you got to pay for that cream you rub on that smells real strong. Even band-aids aren't cheap these days. And heaps of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do two PT sessions a week and I also have a nutrition coach. Yeah, so I'm spending a solid 400 a month, I think, on health and fitness. Do you buy protein shakes? Yes. How much are they? Like $80 a tub. How long long does that last you? Uh, A month. Um, And activewear, how often are you buying new activewear? I would say something new once a month. Uh, Do you keep fit? Oh, I'm going to... I'm... I'm not here to guilt you. I'm just cancelled a gym. I'm going to start a new gym, oh, yeah, on Monday. She swears. Yeah, she swears. I promise. And how often do you normally go to the gym? Oh, look, I, it depends. Sometimes I get into a mood and I'm like, yes, I'll go every day. And then I'll, look, at the moment, I haven't gone for a month. Oh, what about, um, like, active wear and stuff like that? Do you buy that? Yeah, I'm wearing it and as we speak. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing active wear with, like, normal clothes. I've just done a mix and match. <laughs> do, you, do, you, um, do you buy active wear when you're starting to start to get fit again? Yeah, it motivates me. Do you keep fit? I keep fit. I lift weights and boxing and tennis and football and swimming and, yeah. At a gym? At a, at a gym, yeah. How much do you pay? $10 a week. It's pretty good. So you, you clearly make UC membership. Yeah. Um, what about protein and supplements and all that stuff? No. Do you, do you buy that stuff? All natural food. You, you get all your supplements from food? Diet. Yeah, good Mediterranean diet, lots of laughing, good company friends that's the that's the key all the stuff that money can't buy that's right this is close to home i actually started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu recently so yeah if you come to one of my shows and you don't laugh at my jokes beware i know at least three moves that's all i know right now i'm a white belt but that membership actually cost me 220 dollars a month which is 2640 dollars a year and then you got to buy the uniform, both the traditional one and the non-traditional one. I actually bought a training one the other day, and I just bought the one that looked the coolest. I rocked up to training in that. Everyone wanted to bash me. Turns out, I bought the purple belt one, which is what you get after 10 to 15 years training in jiu-jitsu full-time. So I can't use that anymore. That was a waste of $89.99.
But that's just one thing. I also buy supplements like pre and post workout shakes, uh, vitamins. And until this podcast, I didn't even question all those purchases. This is a tricky area because spending on health and gyms is seen as a good spend. And we're usually less critical because it's investing in ourselves and we don't want to shortchange our health. But we can still find ways to stay fit and not spend heaps of cash. So let's start with something I think we can all admit we've done at least once in our lives. Gotten a gym membership and then hardly turned up. Time to turn to our financial wellness expert, Melissa Brown. A lot of gyms rely on that subscription model where you don't actually, if everyone turned up to the gym that they had a membership for, the gym would not be able to house, most gyms would not be able to house them all. (laughs) Oh, that's so, that feels dodgy. Uh, no, but the idea is that some of you will go one day a week, some of you will go one day a month, some of, day, some of you will go every single day. But the question is, do I need a gym membership? Or there are so many options now. Is there an app that I can buy that's cheaper? Do I have to physically go into a gym? You can go to the children's playground and use the monkey bars. The My friend does. <laughs> exactly. That's essentially exercise equipment. So some people will love spending at a gym. They'll go regularly. For them, it'll be social and community, and that's what they're paying for. Okay. Well, if you are getting a gym membership, Hmm. what should we look out for when signing up? So it's really important to understand that you're signing a contract. Uh, So you want to understand what the terms and conditions are. And a lot of us, when it comes to those sort of things, just sign and hope for the best. And it's only when we try to get out of them that we realise there's problems. Yeah, it's really true. Sometimes they make you come in to sign a form. You can't just do it over the phone. Uh-huh, exactly. And you to get out of it, you'll have to actually go in and sign the form. Look, good gyms won't do that. So what you want to be careful of, if you've signed it, read the terms and conditions, check what the cancellation policy is in case you get sick or you move away. Um, and if you change your mind, do it quickly. So it's usually at least a two to five day window to get out. So if you feel super pressured to sign up, you walk out and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You can get out of it straight away. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Gosh, I feel like it's just better to stay unfit. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but so I follow some people who are really fit, right? And they make mm. me want to get fit. So as a result, I've bought a gym membership, which I sometimes go. <laughs> but then also I find myself buying a lot of stuff before and after the gym, during the gym. So I'll buy like a pre-workout shake during mm-hmm. the workout, like electrolyte water, then protein stuff afterwards. Then these influencer people who are really fit, <laughs> they use all other stuff. I just want to look like them. Uh-huh. And I think like if I'm spending that money, it's probably good money spent. But I don't know if I'm being ripped off. I feel like I'm being ripped off. Am I being yeah. ripped off? Look, Because I'm trying to get ripped. <laughs> <laughs> and it, do you know what? The- you have bought into that theory that that electrolyte drink or looking that way is going to make you look like that person. When don't, the truth don't, is don't break part, my heart. Of it, yeah, <laughs> part of it's genetics, part of it is the fact that they could be exercising stupid amount of time. No. <laughs> but, but I exercise twice a week. Oh, well, then obviously it's going to happen. Uh, but that's that's so common where we look at these people online and we're like, oh, But if they're doing it and they're saying that it's from reading this book or drinking this drink or wearing this active wear, then I must need all those things as well. But it's, again, challenging that money story and going, okay, why would I, would I, do I really believe that? And what would actually work better for me instead? So rather than spending all that money on 
wellness, which many of us believe that it's actually okay to spend that on because it's self-care. It's not stuff. Yeah, it's just like it's making you making you healthier as opposed yeah, to buying junk food. Exactly. But if it's not making you financially healthier, if it's stopping you from getting to that financial life that you want to design, then you've got to ask the question, you know, is it worth drinking that electrolyte water instead of filtered water going to, you, it's that comes back to that you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Mm. If that's really important to you, then the question has to be, what are you going to go without in order to have all that stuff that you believe is going to make you look like that? Okay. So if I'm going to spend on health and fitness more than someone else might, then I might have to go without eating out or travel or something else that other people are spending on. But if you're overspending because you don't believe you're enough and you think this is the answer, then that for me is problematic. Australians spend on average $80 a month on gym memberships. That's almost $1,000 a year. But lots of us spend much more than that. Like me. But that's what we pay. But how often do we actually go? Well, apparently half of us go less than once a week. How do you go less than once a week? I don't know. That's the maths of it. Okay, well, what are the options if you want to stay fit and healthy but also not spend much money? Well, here's one tip. Get yourself an active three-year-old child. Or borrow mine. Nathan Doble from Adelaide wrote into the Pineapple team about how he stays fit these days after starting out with a gym membership and the best of intentions. You always get your, your introductory, you know, this is how you use the equipment. You go, oh, yeah, I'm all inspired. Oh, when's the next session? Oh, it's going to be next week, next Tuesday morning at 6.30. You go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. And you do. You always turn up. It's the first couple, I found. And then, you know, you know, winter hits, it gets a bit dark at 6 in the morning and you just go, no, nah, I think I'll just see the stay in bed or just have a cup of coffee. <laughs> wow. So, so then eventually you'd cancel and then you'd sign up to another gym with good intentions. Yeah, do you know what? They were pretty relentless at um, contacting us and saying, you know, oh, are you going to go for another year? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I could do another year. Well, what about your wife, though? She's still got a gym membership. Yeah, she had one. She actually went once, which makes it a really expensive option, doesn't it? Wait, she went once with her, with her annual gym membership? Yeah, once, yeah. How yep. much did she pay for the year? Oh, 420 bucks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the most expensive gym session I've ever heard. I think I think celebrity trainers would charge a tenth of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a gold-plated session, that one, yeah. So what did Nathan do when he realised that two gym memberships were going to just be a huge waste of money for his family? He created his own gym at home. Uh, I think I think they call it like a multi-station gym, so it's like a six-in-one, so it's got all this stuff in there. And, um, oh, wow. It sounds really flash, but it wasn't that flash. How, how much did that cost? Uh, cost fifty dollars. Fifty bucks. Yeah, you know it was a little bit old, and you know it may have had two or three coats of paint because you could tell because they're all peeling off. But you know what? It had been left outside for like two years, and the lady that was selling it was like, "I just want this thing gone." I went, "Ah, oh, you know what? Fifty dollars—that's scrap metal price." Yeah. So I offered her fifty, and she took it, and I was like, "Great." I love it. So, uh, you know, but we've also added like the exercise bike too. And the, and that was even better price. That was actually found on the side of the road. I was like, yes, we'll take that. So you got an exercise bike. She got that for free. And that was free. That was just on a hard rubbish on the side of the road. 
So, so you balance out the weights with outdoor exercise too. Um, so, you know, you jog around instead of being on a treadmill or you, uh, you ride an actual bike instead of sitting on a bike in the gym. Yep. Do you feel like you get that balance? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, really well. So, you know, jump into, you know, park run which is free to do yeah and and jump in there and just you know clock out the five kilometers every saturday morning and then yeah just have a bike and get out there and ride it's great to feel what it's like to be outside i need you as a life coach in my life i, think. <laughs> uh, I need someone that's awake at my house at 6 a.m working out and just going come on Naz, join in mate yep i'd be so much fitter yes. um so what do you think the lesson here is for everybody find, find what works for you Oh, absolutely. And, you know, think about these aspirational goals and actually just be realistic. You know, what's achievable? You know, is it is getting to the gym at six o'clock in the morning in family rush hour, is that really achievable? Or is it like, you know what, I'm just going to be realistic. I'm just going to start off slow and just build up. Hey, thank you so much. Um, can't wait to meet you someday. I'll come visit you in your backyard. Yeah. And yep, uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock in the morning. I'll be there. Yeah. Tuesday definitely. morning, six o'clock. Yep. Absolutely. So, yep, that's my next workout planned. Unless it's a little bit cold that morning or I go to bed late or maybe my gym gear might be in the wash. But but apart from that, I'm totally ready to train. 100%. All through this series, I've been checking in with my mate and frugal mastermind, Dave Gow. Dave made the decision early on in life that he doesn't want to have to work a 9-to-5 job for the rest of his life. And he succeeded. He can pretty much do whatever he likes with his days. And he got there by living frugally. So I wonder what he thinks about spending on fitness. And also, how does he stay so ripped? I'll, pre- I'll pretend that you weren't being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> nah, so like the idea behind fitness, obviously everyone wants to live a healthy lifestyle, but that doesn't necessarily have to cost us a lot of money. I mean, so how do you, st- how do you stay fit? Um, and not waste money. So we have we bought some weights to use at home. We bought them about ten years ago, and they're still going strong. So if you buy something like that, it'll last you a really long time. And so there's no ongoing costs with that. As before, we were, you know, signed up to a gym. We we're paying. Well, it would have been over a thousand dollars a year for both of us. Paying a bit more up front to get the equipment actually saved us a lot over the long term. And then also things like, you know, we can do a lot of body weight exercises like push-ups and pull-ups or squats or something, go for bike rides and go for walks. And there's lots of ways to be fit and live a healthy lifestyle without spending a lot of money. Gym memberships are expensive, but there's also, you know, um, supplements, clothing, uh, vitamins, protein shakes, creatine, or like there's a lot of expenses around just a gym membership. Do you spend on anything like that? Um, nah, I don't. We, I mean, there's so much marketing behind this stuff because we, we're just being convinced that we need all of it and it's part of living a healthy life, but it's not really. It's not really at all. We can, you, you, you can get plenty of nutrition from food and you, you, all you just need is some comfortable clothes to work out in. You don't need special gear. So it's a lot of, a lot of marketing that's, that's gone into that and that's kind of affecting our minds and, and turning us into, believing we need all this stuff when we really don't. Yeah, it's really hard sometimes to separate what we need to be healthy versus what we're being convinced is a reasonable cost to get there. 
Take, for example, an industry that is absolutely booming right now, activewear. Personally, when I go to the gym, I wear a full outfit that I was convinced to buy by the guy at the fitness shop. He looked fit, so I thought he must know what he's talking about. I wear breathable socks, breathable shoes, breathable shorts, and a breathable singlet. Doesn't make me lift anymore, but I certainly feel better about myself when I look in the mirror. It's not as if clothes designed specifically to work out is a new thing, but activewear has now taken on the same tricks of the broader fashion world. More brands, more high-end expensive gear, and more pressure to get your hands on those new season colours and styles that come out every couple of months. When it comes to all our spending, we need to ask ourselves honestly, how much is really enough? For me, my favourite thing about working out in a gym or paying for a class is seeing everybody else around me going at it hard. It really motivates me to put my phone down and actually concentrate on the workout. And there's definitely a fun side to joining a gym, particularly if you're a bro and you want another bro to take a photo of you. It's hard to do that when you're at home by yourself. Here are some things that I'm going to keep thinking about after this podcast finishes. One, train with some friends. You're far more likely to stick to your exercise routine if you've got friends waiting on you. Also, it's way more fun, you've caught up with a friend, and that's a much more affordable catch-up than meeting up for dinner or drinks. Two, you don't have to train at a gym. The world is your gym. Three, think about what you actually enjoy that is free or cheap, like walking, running, swimming, or maybe doing an app-based workout in a park. Four, how much workout gear do you really need? Can you get away with a T-shirt and shorts that you already own? I'm pretty sure that's what Rocky does in every single one of his workout montages. Are you better than Rocky? Five, reassess your memberships and see if you'd be better off paying per class or buying a class pack instead of a membership. And six, sheesh, this one's personal. (sighs) Do I really need pre-workout drinks and post-workout powders? I'm not actually a professional athlete, but I worry that if I don't take them, I'll never be a professional athlete. Ah, it's time to pick my path. Oh, who am I kidding? Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Nazim Hussain or on Facebook. Please subscribe, follow, give us all the stars and review us. Then run, that's free, to your friend's place and tell them to do the same. All right? Or if you're at the gym right now, take off your headphones and yell out, listen to the Pineapple Project. Here's a riddle for you. What's small, furry, has a cute face often and costs you a heap of money. Pets. That's next on The Pineapple Project. Hey, while I'm still here, can I recommend a podcast called Snowball that you might want to listen to after you've finished all of this season's pineapple episodes, of course? It's all about love gone wrong. Snowball is part of the ABC's true crime podcast series, Unravel. The show is made by Ollie Wards, and it's the true story of Ollie's brother Greg, who fell in love with an American woman called Leslie. They quickly married and moved back to Greg's home country of New Zealand. Only a few months later, Greg is heartbroken. The family home is gone, and so is Leslie. Ollie Wards goes on a journey, and I mean a literal journey, involving cars and planes, to track down what happened and why. You can find Unravel Snowball on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.